UTC. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America! Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Yeheyes Wuhib sitting in for Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome. Welcome to the May 26th edition of The Sunny Side of Sports. Sonny is in Kigali, Rwanda with our colleague Eddie Ruiba covering the Basketball Africa League. A short time ago, he spoke with our colleague Kate Pondawson to wrap up the action in last night's semi-final games. So, Sonny, I understand we are going to have a new champion in for the second season of the BAL. Sporty greetings from Kigali, Kate, and a warm hello to all our Voice of America listeners. Yes, U.S. Monastir has dethroned the defending Basketball Africa League champion Zamalek. They won Wednesday's second semifinal here in Kigali. They beat Zamalek 88-81. to It was a rematch of last year's ball final. This time around, Monastir wins by seven points, and they snapped Zamalek's unbeaten run in the Basketball Africa League. In the other semifinal on Wednesday, Petro de Luanda from Angola defeated FAP from Cameroon 88 to 74. So there you have it, the final of uh, the 2022 Basketball Africa League will feature U.S. Monastir from Tunisia and Petro de Luanda from Angola. Who are the MVPs? Who are the players who really were the stars? Well, Kate, uh, in that at Monastir Zamalek game, uh, the player voted MVP, uh, I think is the oldest player in the tournament, Radwane Sliman. Uh, he scored 21 points against Zamalek. He's a power forward. He's been around for a long, long time. And I was uh, talking with uh, some basketball fans last night. Uh, Sliman still moves very well on the basketball court. And I thought he was a deserving winner of that MVP award at 41 years of age. In the other semifinal between Petro de Luanda and FAP, the MVP award went to Childe Dundow, who is the shortest player in the Basketball Africa League Finals. He's a point guard, and Dundow had 18 points, four assists, and four rebounds. And just as a point of comparison uh, with Sliman, the uh, big Tunisian, Dundao is uh, 24 years of age, so he still has a lot of basketball left. Kate, so those are the two MVPs in the semifinals, Sliman and Dundao, respectively. This is a really big sports event uh, on the continent, and I imagine you're getting a lot of interesting players Uh, both to talk to and just who are there as fans. Who have you been running into? Well, one point uh, I'd like to make uh, to our VOA listeners, Kate, is that, you know, some of the players that might have been eliminated uh, in the early stages uh, of the Basketball Africa League final, some of them have still hung around Kigali. And one of them, I didn't realize who it was initially, 
uh, young, very young Senegalese player for Slack, uh, point guard by the name of Serenye Mbaye, uh, 19 years old. And he was sitting literally uh, right, right behind me uh, uh, courtside. And the reason he caught my eye is that the official mascot for the Basketball Africa League, who was just introduced, <laughs> the name of the mascot is Baba, Baba the mascot. Uh, he came over and uh, was kind of joking around with Mbaye, and uh, I, I was able to take a photo. And I and actually, uh, I encourage our sunny side of sports uh, listeners to check out my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Uh, you'll see a photo of Mbaye with Baba the mascot. Uh, Mbaye, uh, definitely a very talented player in this competition. He's one of the ball elevate players. Uh, they were 12 players selected uh, ahead of this ball season uh, who are graduates or participate in the NBA Basketball Academy. They're between the ages of 15 and 19, and they were assigned to the uh, 12 Basketball Africa League teams, and Mbaye was assigned to slack that's the team from Conakry, guinea and the other interesting encounter i had kate was uh with sudan born basketball great luol dang uh he came walking off the court after receiving a legends of african basketball award during a break in the action and uh this programming note i think you might hear that interview uh, I did with Luol Deng on Friday's show, uh, so stay tuned. But, uh, yeah, Deng is uh, just a classy, classy guy, and he talked about uh, the Basketball Africa League, his role as the president of the South Sudan uh, Basketball Federation, and, uh, and a few other topics. So that was, a, that was an unexpected but nice encounter with Luol Deng. We've got two more games. Can you give us uh, the the schedule and what to expect over the next couple of days? Well, on Friday uh, here in Kigali, Kate, we'll have the third place game uh, between the two losers from Wednesday's semifinals. So that will feature Zamalek going up against FAP of Cameroon. And then on Saturday, that's the big one, the marquee game between U.S. Monastir and Petro de Luanda. Both games tip off at 1600 UTC, and that is 6 p.m. local time here in Kigali. So still two more games left to play in the Basketball Africa League Finals. And I think overall, Kate, it's been uh, an exciting tournament, and the skill level uh, I think has been much improved over season one in the Basketball Africa League. That was Sonny Young speaking with Kate Pound Dawson. You also can follow the BAL News on Sonny's Twitter and Facebook pages. And VOA is broadcasting the games right here and online. Montasier Julius Coles Jr. was savoring the victory over Zamlek last night when he spoke with journalists. You know, today we, we just played to, well together as a team, man. We, we played hard defense and, um, you know, they were up at the beginning and we just stuck with it and we stuck together and we came out with the win. What's the mood in the dressing room right now? Everyone's excited. Like I said, uh, they're happy to get some revenge because they lost to them in the finals. 
So, um, you know, we're going to enjoy this next 24 hours and get ready for our next game. For Zamalex, Anas Mahmoud, the loss hit hard. Yeah, it feels bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, losing always feels bad, especially, you know, in a playoff game. Tomorrow night, as Sonny mentioned, Zamalek will play Cameroon's FAP for third place, while Montasir and Angola's Petro de Luanda will battle for the trophy on Saturday. I am VOA's Yeheyes Wuhib in Washington, and you are listening to The Sunny Side of Sports. Voice of America! program lineup live anytime day or night pick out your favorite shows and listen anytime you want download our podcasts check voa mobile from your cell phone subscribe to voa news voanews.com I encourage our VOA listeners to check out the Sunny Side of Sports Facebook page. The address is facebook.com slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com slash VOA Sunny. You'll see photos and videos, and you can post your comments. So check out the Sunny Side of Sports Facebook page. Voice of America. And to all our listeners, just a reminder that we have moved our programs to voaafrica.com. There you will find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Now for the latest on the NBA Conference Finals. Jalen Brown scored 25 points and Jason Tatum added 22 as the Boston Celtics moved to the brink of the NBA Finals on Wednesday by defeating Miami 93-80. David Ferry with the Associated Press has the details. The Celtics are up three games to two in the Eastern Conference Finals following a 93-80 win over the Heat in Miami. The Celtics took control by outscoring the Heat 32-16 in the third quarter, then opened the final period on a 14-2 run to go ahead by 23. Jalen Brown had a game-high 25 points, and Jason Tatum just missed a triple-double, finishing with 22 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists. We need to go back home like we down 3-2 with that sense of urgency like that we it's a must-win game you know not relaxing because we up bam Adebayo had a team best 18 points for miami which shot a miserable 32 percent from the field and missed 38 of its 45 three-point attempts game six is friday in boston i'm dave ferry 
Tonight, the Golden State Warriors find themselves on home ground in San Francisco after failing to close out the Western Conference Finals against the Mavericks in Dallas. For the third straight series, the Warriors lost their first chance to advance while playing on the road. But they can make it for their sixth NBA Finals in the past eight years by finishing off the Dallas Mavericks at home in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals on Thursday night. Kick it! And now, let's catch up with football. Last night, AS Roma won the inaugural UEFA 2022 Europa Conference League Championship, defeating Feyenoord 1-0. Nicolo Zaniolo's goal earned Roma a first major European title in more than 60 years in final in Tirana, Albania. Roma coach Jose Moreno can add the trophy to his list of big wins. He's led teams to victory in the Champions League, Europa League and the UEFA Cup. At the UEFA 2022 news conference afterward, Roma defender Chris Smalling said the win felt like the biggest yet in his career. Yeah, definitely, I think. And always the most important is the latest trophy. I've not won for a, for a couple of years, so the, last, the, the latest one's always the most important. But equally, I think you could tell how much... Us as a club, we needed to win it, and us as players and a new manager, etc. But for the fans, I think all season, we've had an up-and-down season in the league, but they've been there every day, every time, whether we've won, lost or drew. And tonight is, is for Rome. That's, uh, that's all I can say, and I think... Um, it's fully deserved because we, we do have some of the best fans in the world and um, tonight is, is for them. Roma's fans were jubilant in the streets. This fan gives the credit to Morino. He says suddenly Morino arrived and now Roma has won a championship. He says Roma's coach is a legend. And now a soccer legend takes flight. An airplane dedicated to Argentina's great Diego Maradona was unveiled at a launch event in Buenos Aires on Wednesday. VOA's Gwen Uten has details. The plane, designed to be a flying museum tribute to Diego Maradona, shows a picture of the Argentine legend kissing the World Cup trophy on its body. Daughter Dalma Maradona was at Wednesday's launch event and told Reuters News that image of her father is particularly poignant because the airplane's journey will end at the World Cup in Qatar later this year.
Dama Maradona says, I know that the airplane will be traveling through Argentina before going to Qatar. Obviously, this is not just any airplane for us, especially for the fans. It seems it will be a very good experience. The airplane is a Tango D-10S, a 12-seater owned by an Argentine company. Its wings feature images from the 1986 World Cup tournament, where Argentina defeated England 2-1 in the quarterfinals. Maradona's performance in that match forever cemented his name as one of the greatest athletes to ever play the sport. He made both goals in Argentina's victory, and those images are clearly displayed on his tribute plane. The iconic Hand of God goal is featured on the left wing, and his game-winning goal called the goal of the century and one of the greatest in World Cup history is on the right. Fans can honor the soccer legend inside the aircraft and reunite with Maradona thanks to artificial intelligence. Passengers can also leave a personal message in the cockpit and view memorabilia of the 1986 World Cup team. During Wednesday's unveiling, former Argentine national squad manager Sergio Checho Batista said Maradona's latest high-flying tribute is is truly a work of art. Batista says, I think it's a brilliant idea. It's a very comfortable airplane decorated with the image of the best player in the world, in history, and a friend. We came here three months ago to see it and promote it, and the truth is, it fills us with pride, and that it bears Diego's face is the best for us. Maradona passed away two years ago of cardiac arrest at the age of 60, but he will forever be remembered as one of the greatest football players to ever grace the game. Earlier this month, the number 10 jersey Maradona wore when he scored his historic World Cup goals sold for a world record price of over 9 million U.S. dollars, the highest price ever paid for sports memorabilia. And now with a tribute plane soaring high in the sky, Dalma Maradona says her father's legendary status will reach new heights. Dama Maradona says this transcends everything and goes beyond what you can imagine and say, how far can a fan go? Well, as far as a plane goes, it's beautiful. Flights are available for private hire on the Maradona tribute plane before it too will be auctioned for charity. Thank you, Gwen. Staying on the pitch as part of its global effort to develop football programs worldwide, FIFA recently sent a delegation of officials to Uganda to boost women's soccer there. Officials say a better managed local women football league is paramount to building a successful national team. Reporter Mugume Davis Roa Karingi has more from Kampala, Uganda. Florence Nachwala Chiyinji, Uganda senior presidential advisor on youth and children affairs, says she was impressed with the five days of training from FIFA officials. Nachwala, who's also the local FA third vice president, says it's particularly important 
12 women running affairs concerning women's football. It's very clear that we prioritize training of women so that they, as we say that now it is one, one man, one woman, uh, we, we have the numbers. Because it's not enough to say that from now you'll have women coaches, you'll only have women doctors handling women teams, but you must have the trained people, you must have them available and you must have a pool to, to, to select from or else you'll be discriminating, which is against, against the laws of Uganda. Many women in the sport say women's football in Uganda has always been overlooked and was mostly played for fun until late 1990s and early 2000s. That is when the national team, the Crested Queens, was formed and started participating in regional and international competitions. The national team has had some success, winning regional tournaments. The Crested Queens this year competes on Africa's biggest stage, the Africa Women's Cup of Nations, or Alcon, in Morocco. Natural Sense is glad women football is moving forward. Even getting to this level here is already speed ahead of time because we were st stuck uh, by our cultural norms and beliefs that probably a woman does not, does not spread, spread out, kick something or do ABCD. So we are even fighting that backlash of people thinking that, no, 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 you can't go the male way. So with, the, with those factors that probably some countries did not have that. But even excelling on the continent, I mean, that background is a plus. Sarah Apunyo, the CEO of the National Women's League side, Ola High School Football Club, also was at the training session. We are looking at sporting, how exactly we are, we as women football are going to improve, are supposed to improve, you know, uh, football regarding licensing. So these categories such as sporting, infrastructure, that we've, we've really learned about is what we are looking at at this moment. It encourages us seeing that not only is FIFA looking at our, you know, developments, FIFA is also putting a hand in it. Bruno Van Helmut, the FIFA Women's Professionalization Manager, conducted the training. He says developing clubs will benefit the national team. You need to raise the standards of the game, on the pitch and also off the pitch. And you can achieve that by, by implementing a club licensing system because club licensing system allows you to improve the different areas within football administration. So I'm talking about finance, I'm talking about sporting, I'm talking about uh, governance in general, personnel, administration. All these things, improving in all these areas, allow you to grow the club. And what does it mean to grow the club? It means it to make, to make the, the, the structure more professional, allowing the club to increase its revenues and basically make sure that there is uh, that the players are protected from a regulatory perspective. All these things allow you to develop women's football in Uganda. FIFA officials say they also learned about the challenges facing women's football in the country, such as a lack of infrastructure and equipment. They will report the problems to FIFA headquarters in Zurich. For the sunny side of sports, Ayamugume, Davis Ruakarinjin Kampala, Uganda. And one last football note, London-born Antoine Semenyou has been called up to Ghana's squad for the first time for four internationals next month, giving him a chance to potentially earn a place in their World Cup selection later in the year. The 22-year-old Bristol City striker is of Ghanaian descent and one of three newcomers in an expansive 34-man squad named by the Ghana Football Association on Thursday.
They will play two Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers before going to Japan to take part in the four-nation Korean Cup tournament. The AFCON qualifiers kick off on June 1st and the tournament in Japan begins June 10th. The Confederation of African Football, CAF, has confirmed that Kenya and Zimbabwe will not participate in the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifying games. CAF says it took the decision because the two countries are on suspension by World Football Governing Body, FIFA, for third-party interference. FIFA also gave Kenya and Zimbabwe criteria to meet before their suspension will be lifted. CAF says their inability to meet FIFA's criteria led to the suspension from the qualifiers. The 2023 AFCON qualifiers start on the first day of June. David Kualimwa is an online editor with the Nation Media Group in Nairobi, Kenya. Kualimwa spoke to reporter Mike Mbonye about the suspension of Kenya and Zimbabwe from the AFCON qualifiers. He says the suspension will affect football-related activities in the two countries. It was uh, almost expected that uh, Kenya and Zimbabwe will not compete at uh, the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. Uh, despite being uh, cleared by the Confederation of African Football and uh, being part of the draw that was held uh, last month in South Africa for this competition. Uh, reason being because there has been uh, a sustained standoff between the governments of these two countries and FIFA, uh, who are the world governing body, uh, who uh, cite uh, third-party interference, in this case government interference, uh, in the way uh, the federations of these two countries have been run. So FIFA has uh, offered ultimatums uh, to these uh, two uh, governments to reinstate their, uh, their, their, their football associations uh, uh, into office, but the governments have remained adamant. Uh, so as it is right now, the standoff is still there, and there was little chance that Kenya and Zimbabwe will compete in these qualification matches. Of course, Zimbabwe was... Uh, allowed to compete at the previous Africa Cup of Nations held in Cameroon, uh, but that was uh, more or less uh, a, a state in which uh, FIFA had not yet cracked the whip. Now that FIFA has cracked the whip on these two African nations, it is a wait and see to see what happens. But uh, not surprising, although uh, a little bit disappointing uh, on the Kenyan front, especially in Nairobi, with the news coming in that FIFA has a uh, rather has uh, decided to uh, uh, strike off Kenya from the Africa Cup of Nations qualification group. Remember, Kenya was pulled alongside Namibia, Burundi, and Cameroon in the qualification matches, and with two teams uh, to progress uh, to qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations, many in Kenya would have fancied their chances, at least statistically speaking, uh, considering Kenya is ranked way above Burundi and uh, Namibia on the uh, FIFA rankings. I know the FIFA rankings don't amount to much, uh, but many in Kenya would have thought that uh, or fancied their national team uh, against the likes of Burundi and uh, and, and Namibia. Cameroon is another uh, debate altogether, but uh, very many Kenyans uh, fans did fancy Kenya to qualify. That will not happen because the Confederation of African Football has announced today that uh, Kenya will not compete in the qualification campaign. Do you know if there are efforts by the authorities in Kenya and Zimbabwe to meet the criteria required by FIFA to leave their suspension? 
Well, uh, the Kenyan government has remained adamant that uh, they will look for a solution to this problem, but they look for the solution to this problem in their own pace and in their own way. The sports cabinet secretary, Amina Mohammed, uh, telling local journalists just a week ago that uh, he, she is more interested in cleaning house uh, within the local football association before inviting FIFA for talks. But there have also been consistent rumors or murmurs that uh, the government is be, is involved in behind uh, the scenes talks with the uh, FIFA on, uh, on 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 a way to find a way forward to this uh, stalemate that is now uh, heading into seven months. Uh, remember. Uh, Amina Mohammed, the sports cabinet sector in Kenya, bringing in a caretaker committee to handle uh, football matters or to manage football matters in the interim. Uh, FIFA outlawed that move, but the caretaker committee worked for six months before their mandate expired. And uh, the government has since replaced the caretaker committee with another committee uh, that is... Uh, now referred to as the transition committee, uh, which is handling the leagues and uh, everything related to football in the country. So FIFA says we do not recognize those committees. We want the federation back in office before we can even discuss. And the government of Kenya is playing hardball. If Kenya and Zimbabwe fail to meet the FIFA criteria, what will be the long-term implication for football in the two countries? As it is right now, there appears... Uh, no white smoke in the horizon and uh, the situation might really uh, drag on for uh, a few weeks or even months. Remember another complicated scenario is that Kenya heads uh, to the election in just little over 70 days from today. Uh, the general election will be held on August 9th and the campaigns are in high mode. There will be a change on, of government for sure because uh, President Uhuru Kenyatta has completed his term in office. What that means is that uh, if this government uh, might not be in a position to get a solution with FIFA, then Kenyans will realistically have to wait until September or October at the earliest uh, for talks to begin with FIFA with the new government in place uh, to try and bring a solution to the impasse that has bogged uh, the Kenyan football since, since last November when uh, Sports Cabinet Secretary Amina Mohammed disbanded Football Kenya Federations on allegations of uh, misappropriation of public funds and put in a caretaker committee uh, leading to a FIFA ban on Kenya, uh, slapped on Kenya from, on, on, from all football activities in February of 2022. That was David Kualimwa, an online editor with the Nation Media Group in Kenya. He spoke with reporter Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Nairobi, Kenya. That wraps up the May 25th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Yehayas Wuhib in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.